0: Your favorite thing to do on a day off. Binge watch television. Hello and welcome to another episode of Reba Watchables, your favorite Reba recap pod. The revolution has already been televised, as you know because you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning. I am one of your co-hosts, Natalie Weiner.
1: And I'm the other co-host, Johnny Opping, and we got another guest this week. Um a the deputy editor of billboard and a yeah, former NBD, colleague a former of colleague Natalie, of me yes. um andrew and more importantly
0: a friend and a oh, friend of oh, wow thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you.
1: andrew on unterberger no yeah
2: that's yeah uh, thank right. you for having me yeah, the, the, the pronunciation is beautiful there
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i had to like re-say it to make sure everyone heard I, that i said it right
2: yeah, I can't tell you how many people, including my my uh, my co writer Carl Lamar, who who's like co runs the Billboard Sirius XM uh, radio show, still calls me Udenberger, and like I don't really have the the heart to correct him, but it, it's it's a very very common mispronunciation.
0: Well, we only, you know, it's very important to us. It's like Jewish solidarity. You know, have to pronounce <laughs> at least all the other Jews' names correctly. That's right.
2: It actually would it actually would have been. Uh, you know, fair play if you would mispronounce my name because I think I had you on my like short-lived Billboard podcast, Natalie, four <laughs> or five years ago, and I pronounced your name incorrectly, and uh, you, you were not having it. So, <laughs>
0: well, it's I don't even remember. It happens so frequently that it's oh. like just it, in one year and out the other. Just yes, Wiener, Wiener, we get it. I know it's so funny, um, but but yes, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Um, Usually we ask our guests to sort of give a sense of their personal Reba history, if you will. Um, so where where did your relationship with our redheaded queen uh, <laughs> begin?
2: <laughs> uh, so I guess with, with Reba herself, you know, I, I always sort of knew her as like, a, you know, a towering figure in country music history. I didn't really grow up <laughs> listening to country much, so I didn't. I didn't really know any of her songs specifically until I think uh, "Consider Me Gone" was like, a, was like a hit in like the late aughts. That uh, I guess that was her first one it was like an active artist in a while, and, and that one was like big when I was first getting into like really following the charts pretty closely. And, and, and that was a, a decent sized hit. Uh, f- from there, you know, I, I've kind of heard songs here and there, like you know, and it would like Recover Fancy" and the "The Nightlights" went out in Georgia and uh, "Does He Love You" stuff like that. Uh, and then, you know, occasionally I would listen to, you know, I, I, I do these, like, deep dives into years from, like, you know, th- like this year, 30 years ago. Uh, and, mm-hmm. I, you know, when, whenever I do those, I listen to, like, the Reba album from that year. And so, like, I'll, I'll often hit you up, Natalie, and be like, hey, I'm listening to this <laughs> okay. particular Reba album from exactly 30 years ago. And, like, they're, they're all pretty solid. Uh, I've most recently listened to uh, For My Broken Heart, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah. my. my my i'd say the, the greatest affection i have in terms of like reba content is for the sweet 16 album cover which we talked about a number of times where she's wearing that like it's <laughs> incredibly asymmetrical i don't even know what to call it is it like, a, like a head a...
0: wrap thing yeah. oh
2: the <laughs> head wrap thing is something else that's oh, i think rumor rumor has it oh, uh, yeah or, you're right yeah, which is it. which is also spectacular With the sweet 16 she's wearing like a sort of militaristic looking vest almost uh yeah, it's like and it's
0: two colors like yeah it, it's
2: yeah, i don't know maybe, maybe you can like you know put put it with the, the you know an accompanying visual with the podcast or whatever for, yeah, for the, in the show notes, at home. You
0: know, i feel like we've talked about doing that a lot and, <laughs> and we never actually have done that's it that's the thing people but, say on podcasts <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: sure oh well that's okay your listeners will discover it at their own pace and it'll be a, a treasure
0: to them once they get <laughs> yeah. to it We We're really uh, like
1: hold our listeners hands like they know how to
0: Google. they know how to <laughs> that's true um,
2: as, as, as sorry as for the show reba uh I don't. I think I'd only ever actually seen most of one episode, uh, and it was you know, like I I, I fall asleep watching TV, and and some nights when like I I can't fall asleep, especially at my last apartment, like I would stay up. You know, on I think like the Lifetime channel, they show you know blocks of reruns of shows, like starting at two in the morning, they'll show like four episodes of Frasier, and then they'll show four episodes of Cheers, and like it's very rare that I make it past both of those. But if you do, I think at the six o'clock hour, they start with the Reba. And there was, like, one time where I'd, where I'd stayed up that late, at which point, like, I may as well just stay up the rest of the night. And then there was an episode of Reba on. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see what the, what the hype is about. Uh,
1: what the hype of the show is. Yeah, everyone's talking about
2: it, sure. You know, it was pretty solid. Uh, and I think one time I was, uh, I, I watched, like, half of the pilot once trying to find, like, a good audio clip of it to use in a project I was working on. But uh, that, 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 that was the sum total of my, my Reba viewing experience before uh, this podcast.
0: That's fair. I mean, but so you had kind of a baseline understanding sure. of the characters, at least. I it's
2: wouldn't really say I really movie. remembered that much, but <laughs> it, 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 I wouldn't say I also needed a lot to kind of jump back in. It was It's, it's a pretty self-explanatory show.
0: Well, you know, the, for some people, OK? <laughs> I guess you're just ahead of the curve, Andrew. Or something. Well, the, no, and I'm like sure the that
2: there's 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 layers that I'm not getting, and uh, you know <laughs> the subtleties and yeah. You, know, you, the, you get it, it, but
1: you don't get the half of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's fair.
1: So did was it like it wasn't on your radar at all when it was like live?
2: Not really. Like it, it was definitely a show. I mean, I didn't really watch sitcoms live ever until like well after the show was probably off the air. Like I I, I was. Uh, or maybe towards, like, the end of it, end of its run, but to me shows like this only really exist in reruns, and it, it would be a, you know, there'd be, like, a block of it either an hour after something I was watching or an hour before something I wanted to watch. So, you know, I, w- I was aware of its presence, and maybe I accidentally came across an episode or two, but definitely not something that was really impacting my day-to-day life as a high schooler or college kid. <laughs>
1: that's That's fair. So, all that's to say, how did you feel jumping into the episode that you jumped into, you, you you pretty much grasped the general uh, what was going on in everybody's life.
2: Yeah, and you know, I was kind of following along on Wikipedia as I was watching and uh, you know sort of figuring out who, what the relationships there you go. between it's characters not are.
0: Self-explanatory. You were looking at Wikipedia. It's, it's a
2: fair point. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, everybody's
1: yeah. got a get. It's like Dune, you know, like you have to really want to like. <laughs> <laughs> kind of understand, like, the the Easter eggs.
2: Yeah, exactly. There's a, a lot of sort of buried details there. But uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was, like, I, I'm a fan of this sort of style of sitcom where, like, 90% of it is just the characters burning one another. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then that I, I don't know if that's the case with all episodes of the show, but it certainly was with this one. It was just kind of trading barbs back and forth for 22 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and the writing's pretty sharp. I, I like Reba. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode uh, pretty heartily.
1: Yeah, I feel like it was a good episode. It was definitely
0: like, it was in the top tier of Reba episodes. I would say it was really pretty funny. Yeah,
1: and like you know, that that point you make about the the characters just burning each other, like there was a character on this episode who's only in it. She's probably only been in seven episodes max, and her her entire role Reba's friend, Reba's friend, like, is just to be there and like. Add an extra insult of be like ah that one this this joke is maybe too mean for Reba to say, so let's just have her like reading a magazine and make that
2: joke. <laughs> so th- this was the part that did kind of confuse me. Like just uh, you know looking at the Wikipedia page as I was watching along, I expected her just from her role in this episode just sort of be one of the core characters of the show. And then yeah, I see that she's only on seven episodes. Like did like, did they just ultimately not have a use for her? Like I I don't I don't maybe I'm getting ahead of the podcast she had here, a but.
0: Better Maybe she had a better offer. I don't know. We're not mm. quite out of the. What's her name? Park Overall. Park Overall. The actor's name. Yeah. Yeah. I forget what her name in the show is.
2: I think it's. I think it's Lori Ann. That's that's what it says in my notes yeah, here. Anyway. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, pa- Park Overall. I I. I uh, my girlfriend was very familiar with. I didn't really know her except <laughs> as uh, the voice of. Did, did either of you ever watch the show The Critic? The animated show The Critic. Oh
1: uh-huh. no. That's with uh, what's his name from uh? Wait. Oh, or is that Martin? <laughs>
2: It's it's John Lovett. John Lovett plays, yeah, uh, yeah, he plays, like, a. a, a, it's an animated show, he plays a movie critic, and uh, his, like, on-and-off girlfriend on the show is voiced by Park Overall. So, I I, I recognize the sound of her, even though I didn't recognize uh, what she looked like, necessarily. Any
1: similarities
2: between the the two characters? No, no, I would say, actually, Alice is, like, more defined by her kindness, and she's not really a burner, so uh, (laughs) so it it just shows the acting, or at least the vocal acting range of of Park Overall. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, she is, she's funny, and it is, you're right, it's weird that they didn't, like, keep her around more, because she's kind of good for the lines that, like, even Kira can't say. Like, usually Mm. they give, like, Kira those lines of (laughs) just, like, acerbic, like, jaded woman. So so there's, like,
2: a burn scale, basically, where, like, past, like, a six or seven, like, we're out of Reba territory, and then past an eight or nine, we're out of Kira territory.
0: Basically, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And
1: it's also, like, I mean, that actor... I would say any given scene she's in, in any Reba episode she's in, she's at worst the second best actor. Yeah. And probably the best actor on it. Like, you know, it's like Reba's a very good actor for, like what you expect from Reba and
0: also like given the fact that she's effectively playing herself like (laughs) it lowers the degree of difficulty a little bit
1: and I think Van is a pretty clearly good actor yeah and then everybody else is either a child or (laughs) an actual bad actor (laughs) like I mean I at, at this point we have enough evidence that Brock is just bad acting not Uh, not that the character is like dynamic by any sense (laughs) but like it it is funny when it's like this character sucks as in like he's written to suck like he's written to be like someone you don't like and then you like him less because you're like this is such a stiff like (laughs) bad delivery of a not very
2: good joke so maybe that was the problem with Park overall. She kind of placed out of the show. You know, she she graduated to
1: like the prestige
0: sh- drama or something. <laughs> yeah, she was too good an actress for the or for it, her cast it
2: could
1: be that like Christopher Rich, the actor, felt threatened. Felt threatened. <laughs> felt threatened. <Yeah. laughs> He's like, not only is her character shit on my character,
2: honestly, <laughs> but felt it, also wiping the floor with me in every scene. Yeah, exactly. Was, you know? <laughs> it's, it's like a, a fair, Kobe Shaq
0: yeah. situation going on. <laughs> But What if they could
1: have stayed together? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, this is, like, really sad that we're shitting on the guy who's, still like, from Dallas. Yeah, it's
1: like, I don't you know, know. Not everybody from Dallas is good at acting. I'm not good at I'm acting. just trying to have, like
0: local allegiances or something.
2: <laughs> well, this but, is a good question for me, actually. I, I have no idea, yeah. at least from the one episode I saw, I don't know where the show takes place.
1: It takes place in Texas, which, okay. if you had seen any other episode would have been extremely obvious. Uh, That's right, and I, I, do, to,
2: I do remember the, the the most recent episode I listened to involves, like, a deep discussion of Deep in the Heart of Texas, the song, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, they are usually not subtle with it. Like, gotcha. if they, I'm sure if they, like, if the writers had heard you say that, they would have been, like, shit. Like, they <laughs> forgot to, like, Yeah, do a Texas thing uh, in this
0: episode. Like, yeah.
1: yeah, like, the one. Throw a Cowboys like,
2: game on TV or something. Exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> like, the, the, like, birthing class would have had, like, somebody wearing a
0: cowboy hat yeah. <laughs> or like spurs. Yeah. No.
1: Uh, but yeah it's it's in sugarland which is like a suburb just outside of houston so like effectively okay. houston so south texas a little different than dallas yeah but for anybody outside of texas probably the exact same thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, but yeah so we'll get into this episode mm-hmm. we got i have it pulled up on wikipedia it is, this episode was episode...
0: Seventeen, right?
1: Seventeen. It's called He's Having a Baby.
0: Whoa, gender flip. <laughs> oh my
1: god. These are back-to-back themed van episodes. Which we um, love to
0: see it. <laughs> and
1: both directed by someone named Dana DeValli Piazza. Wow, oh, okay. Uh, and it, it aired April 12th. Two thousand two,
0: so this was after like kind of a mid season break. Yeah, like, that's like, true. That's... maybe like a March Madness thing. I guess it was on like the C W. March- <laughs> 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 really yeah, I to... mean, out of respect, <laughs> they took a quick, they took a break. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm just brainstorming.
1: No, that's true. It was God, like this up. would have been the first March Madness <laughs> since nine <9/11. laughs> eleven. <9/11. laughs> <laughs> so like. Understandably. The entire was, month of TV
2: was just taken off.
1: WB was like, we don't want to overwhelm the people. You know, they were just given fun. permission to laugh a meet five months ago. And now they've given permission to watch college basketball. Let's take a quick Reba hiatus. Um, it's very but, respectful. <laughs> and 3.9 million people watched it, which yeah. is give or take 300000 less than watch the last episode, which I think they is were usually what happens March when months. you take a random month off. Yeah, you that's You might true. lose People kind in of the middle it. of the season. Yeah. You might not maintain your audience. Um, but yeah, so like we said, pretty good episode. Uh, Natalie, do you want to try to yeah. sum it up pretty quick? It's pretty I straightforward, mean, I think.
0: I think what... Needs to be top line in this summary is that this is actually the Reba Claus crossover episode that we have all been waiting for.
1: Claus, we're talking Claus, T N T A W S, yeah, uh, t-n-t, TNT drama. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: from, from sorry, just from you saying the Reba Claus, I, I thought that there was maybe like a spin-off of this show where <laughs> yeah. she herself plays Santa Claus, in but, some no, sort exactly. of, or maybe God. or maybe like a, 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 a <laughs> yeah. sequel to the Tim Allen movie. I don't know. The Reba
1: Claus, yeah. <laughs> that's why i spelled it out we're coming right off of christmas time but this is actually a different clause
0: a different clause um this
1: is this is what this is to natalie who's america's number one clause fan <laughs>
0: but, okay so the main character on clause uh the actress's or actor's name is niecy nash but her character on clause is named desna and she's like the center of the clause universe and she also appears in this episode of Reba as the leader of the Lamaze class that they attend. So and,
1: this is a really big... Well, thing. and for listeners, the actor she's talking about is also in Reno 911. Who, yeah. It, <laughs> I don't remember her character name because I haven't... I watched Reno 911 when it was on, but that was a long time ago. Um, But she was hilarious in that, so it is not just...
0: And she's great in the Reba-Claws
1: crossover. It is a... Reba 911 crossover.
0: Uh, so I, I, that I, during the episode and was really excited. Yeah.
2: I, I don't I don't have much of a personal relationship to Nisi Nash, but I I was very excited and honored when I realized that this was the Nisi Nash episode that I was going to be talking about just because I know of, <laughs> of Natalie's affection for claws Uh so yeah, that that, that that was cool. And I I didn't even I didn't quite recognize her at first, but as soon as I saw the name, I go like, oh, of course.
1: And for listeners who who haven't watched this episode, the character we're talking about has like one line. So
2: okay.
1: uh, Not a exactly. She has more than
0: one line. Please give her some respect. She has uh-huh. two lines. Shut up. Um but anyway, so aside from it being in a very pivotal pop culture moment in the grand scheme, um, this episode is about Van and Cheyenne uh attending a birthing class, a Lamaze class, and you know, what we learn from their attending the Lamaze class is that Cheyenne is really nervous about giving birth, understandably, because it's pretty stressful. Um, she kind of hearing all the gory details that you learn in Lamaze class like freaks her out, whereas Van, who is initially reluctant to attend Lamaze class, also understandably, um, gets super hype about the details of birthing for reasons a, that aren't entirely well, clear,
1: but in a way that's not really established. They could have been more established. It seems like because he likes the opportunity to be a coach, he sees as a coaching experience. That's true, along with like an implied general sweetness that he's starting to get excited about being a dad.
0: Yeah, and he's just like, "Wow, this is such an incredible process! Like, you're gonna do this," and he's like, he says all this stuff that's like kind of intended as a punchline but is actually just like a nice thing like wow like the female body is so amazing (laughs) like you know it's like that's supposed to be a thing you laugh at but it's also like no that's nice that he's saying that um and he's his sort of enthusiasm for the birthing class is juxtaposed with uh his father-in-law's uh sort of talking about like reba and brock like rehash kind of relationship to her birth process, which was, like, non-existent, basically. She says, like, you were on the 18th hole the third time around, or whatever. And Now Brock is like super engaged with Barbara Jean's pregnancy and they all wind up at the same birthing class. Brock talks a lot about how excited he is to be part of this process and Reba like finally like hits him and blows up because she's like sick of hearing him. He gives
1: like a speech about it at the class.
0: Right. Like very performatively like, wow, like the miracle of life. This is going to be like.
1: It's going to be the best day of my life. Yeah, exactly. she hits him with a.
0: With a rubber baby and it's yeah very cathartic for everyone van like smiles and laughs and it's kind of funny
1: and there's a and she gets she's super hype about hitting him mm-hmm. because it felt good there's in in the moment she's talking to park Her overall friend, park overall, laurianne uh, laurianne and they're talking about how awesome it is And then there's, like, a side moment that we'll talk about later. I don't think it's crucial to the plot, but it's very crucial for us to talk about later.
0: It's part of the narrative of this podcast. Uh,
1: but then, uh, basically she finds out that Brock is in the hospital, Barbara Jean tells her. And assumes that
0: she, like, hurt him with her baby hitting, you know, whatever, not baby hitting, that sounds wrong. Hitting him with the baby doll and but actually barbara jean dropped the new crib which was the same crib that all of reba's kids used which was kind of a point of contention earlier in the episode uh barbara jean dropped it on brock's toe and so his toe is broken so he's in the hospital
1: and but she reba comes to the hospital to apologize and to hash out basically like why it hurts so much that he's taking this seriously now, which he didn't with her. Right. He sort of apologizes in the sense of, like, he doesn't really apologize, but he, he he's like, I but recognize that he feels bad. Yeah, I recognize and it's difficult for they you. they come to, they, they sort of end on a good note, except that she pats his foot and he yells, and she realizes that he let her believe that she had... Put she him was him in the, the reason the <laughs> <was> when <laughs> it was actually bothering. And so she flicks his foot to make him hurt again. And, and then the episode that for ends. The end of the episode. And also, uh, Van and Cheyenne. I don't know. Cheyenne becomes extremely worried about if she's going to be able to deliver the like, baby. Yeah,
0: and weirdly, like, Kira is kind of deployed to reassure her that she'll be fine.
1: Yeah. Her um, 13-year-old sister. Yeah, exactly. Like, why her, she would trust
0: Kira yeah. about, like, well, the birth process. And why
1: the 13-year-old would know more about, like, nature and, like... Right. But she makes her feel better. And everybody's more or less as happy as they were at the beginning of the episode.
0: Yeah. Pretty much. Andrew, I realize I forgot to send you the, like, categories. Um...
2: So, no, I, I, well, I mean, I got him. I, I've okay. listened to the podcast. I understand that. Yay. You
0: came prepared, even though go. I failed my duties as co-host. <laughs> um, should we jump into those? I mean,
1: well, let's just talk about, like, what you, Andrew, what do you think of the general premise of the episode? You think it was insane, uh, believable, annoying, funny? What combination of those things?
2: I work. think more funny than insane. Uh, you know, obviously, some of the van stuff was was a little thick. Uh, <laughs> his, his his like instant transformation, you know, like, and you say like they don't really lay much of the groundwork for it, but it, it seems to sort of fit his his sort of you know kind of sweetly dumb character. It, it, it made sense to me. And I actually thought there were like the the sort of plot device of Reba being annoyed at her ex husband, like. Like having used her as a practice family, like I thought that was actually kind of resonant. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Like that was a an interesting sort of character beat that I don't remember seeing in a sitcom like this before. Although I'm, I'm sure it has been, but uh, like I, I so I, I thought it was, a, it was a pretty solid episode.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think like we've talked about it a little bit before on previous episodes, but anytime we get an extended Van Reba scene, we're doing <laughs> we're in good. English. Yeah,
1: yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's definitely like. They're by far the most charismatic characters. Mm. So...
0: Van and, pretending to give birth while Reba, like, coaches him was, yeah. like... It was a very good... Yeah, um, it's solid yeah, stuff. Show. It's like,
1: put them in the car and, like, send them somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And, like, watch the hijinks. <laughs> I mean, and it was, like I like you said, I think it was good in that it does what a lot of Reba episodes try to do. A lot of, like... A lot of sitcoms try to do and fail, but it's just, like... the I- The seed of the idea is actually really common you know Mm -hmm. i'm sure plenty of you know women or whoever like see their part their ex-partner taking some element of marriage or or parenthood or anything more seriously the second time around yeah and it's extremely insulting uh and this episode just is like, well, wh- wouldn't it be funny if they were, like, in a room? like right. Like, when that happened? In and... a room
0: with Desna from Claws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which but it, if, if,
2: if, you, if, if you remove that part of it, it just sounds kind of like the subject of a Reba song, which I think is pretty cool. That's yeah.
0: true. Yeah. No, it's definitely, I was happy that they sort of didn't do the light version of just, like, Park overall kind of like riffing on that without actually like digging into the meat of it. You know, I didn't expect them to make it a full like B mm-hmm. plot or A plot. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were actually kinda even. Like the Van mm-hmm. Cheyenne plot and the Reba Brock plot, like they both had kind of juice. I yeah. Feel like. yeah. Uh,
2: and uh, and I, I have to say, like the the actual moment where she hits him in the stomach with a baby, like I really didn't see it coming. <laughs> she she kind of puts her like her entire body into that swing. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. got that like Lance Berkman swing to it. it and, it's uh, it, it's like it's, it's actually kind of a shocking moment to me. Like, they I didn't know, I
1: mean. like let it slow build either. Like right, they didn't like cut to Reba's face like getting more more and more mad. Yeah, or she yeah. didn't like stomp her foot and then do it. It was like he had finished his last word and was like getting hit in the stomach with the baby <laughs> in s- And Van's, like, up.
0: And then he, like, goes back and he's like, I have to tell you what happened. And Cheyenne is like, whatever. And it, he's like, your mom hit your dad. And she's like, tell me everything.
1: <laughs> and it generally does what a lot of the episodes do, too, at the end of, like... It, I And I, I'm realizing now that they kind of have to do this to keep the show going, but it's like, instead of having... Brock and Reba resolve this at the end. Mm-hmm. They do a sort of thing that's like, no, this isn't resolved because like,
0: it can't. He be he, he, he can't he be. He still sucks.
1: He still yeah. He still sucks, and he's still gonna do shit like this in the future, and you're gonna have to deal with it. And also, that's why the show exists. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, there is a lot of like episodes where classic like sitcom music hits at the end. Mm -hmm. And you're just so conditioned to be, like, and everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. And, like, most Reba episodes, it's, like, not perfect at all. It's, like, yeah, so the lesson is, like, sometimes you just have to deal with that shit. (laughs) And it sucks. And, like, you can either cry about it or you can, like, hit someone with a baby.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I also have to give a shout out to the Van line about like how when he's when he's raving to Cheyenne about how excited he is for the second class, and he says, uh, "and they're gonna have real plastic babies." Like that's, that's, just, <laughs> that's just a very good sitcom line right there.
0: That is good. I think my favorite was like basically the second line of the episode where Cheyenne's like. Oh, Van's trying to weenie out of the class, or Van's trying to weenie out, and Reba's like, isn't it a little late for this? <laughs> I, like, I cracked up. <laughs> and
1: Reba's like, and then the, it's funny, because it's like, the Reba Burns are allowed to be vicious if they're to Barbara Jean,
0: too. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: what was hers today was, like, when she showed up to the class and Barbara Jean was there, she was like, Reba, like... Are you having a baby and she, or something like that? She's, she's like, like no. no, I'm
0: just waiting to re- meet the right married man. Married man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That was also very good. Another country song title right there,
0: for sure, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, but
1: we can get into the
0: category. I feel like, well, maybe this will come up in the categories, but should we address the moment about our youngest Reva cast member? Yeah,
1: I was thinking I could I can slip it into one of the categories, okay. um, but. Uh
0: we'll, we'll we'll leave that as a teaser and yeah. just dig into
1: the I mean it it was it was absurd and it was it was, more absurd it was like they were based playing on to how, our podcast. Yeah, exactly. like, we'll get to it. So uh the first one is one that Andrew, big NBA fan, should be able to handle. This is the <laughs> J.R. Smith Award. Um it's for the character who makes a big or small blunder, does something potentially disastrous. Uh, makes the wrong decision, whatever, and yet at the end of the episode, we still love them. They, they, we're still, we're scape not scapegoating them. We, we are still on board with them.
0: Yeah, we um, are LeBron. We're good teammates. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: We we briefly did the pointing towards the clock thing, but right? Then
0: we, <laughs> but then, <we laughs> back
1: but, in. but um, and. I mean I'll kind of start here. I think that and we've talked we talk about this every time the problem with this award after creating it we realize is that it it could go to Van pretty much every episode. <laughs> and that I think that counts for this one too just because he like he begins the episode crying like a baby about having to go to birthing class. Yeah. And then is like the most endearing character by minute 7. Right. Uh but I think the nominee
2: could be know, Cheyenne.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what do
2: you what do you think? Well, I I think maybe I, I didn't quite grasp the last part of this category. I, I thought I was just talking about somebody who was kind of overstepping or just sort of making <laughs> poor decision in, in general. Uh, so I, I had uh, uh, Brock. I, I don't think he really needed to try to pass it off like uh, Reba was the one who put him in the hospital. I think they could have had a like a pretty quality laugh about it. like, oh, you did this, and then my wife did that, and then like I, I, I think he would have. Uh, been on better terms with her if he had just kind of been straight on that from the beginning and then she wouldn't have had to, you know, flick him at the end. So,
1: yeah. That would
0: have been my... Yeah, it my was a little but. bit immature even for Brock. Right.
1: Um, I mean, he definitely made the blunder. I think the, like, he sort of lacked the redeeming moment. He except, tried,
0: but then he didn't fully get
1: Yeah, moment. I mean, he, like, he does what he always do, does, which is, like, give you glimpses that he's, like, like human, a human being. Yeah, uh, <laughs> totally. Like, like kind of, like, I don't... I I don't fail to acknowledge that you're better than me is sort of... Mm-hmm. It, it's, like, his stance, basically, in life is, like, yeah, you're the better person, but can I live? You know? <laughs> like, like, Brock like rock, basically. And, and, like, as soon as you accept me for who I am, like, I'll stop having to apologize for things. Right. Um, But I think, in general, like, Cheyenne, she's... She commits
0: the obvious blunder, which is like skipping her birthing class with Van and
1: lying about it yeah, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, her her husband is excited to do it, and she's intimidated. But instead of admitting that, just, she just pretends yeah. that she's got a paper to do and a test paper that a test, a test paper, paper exactly. Paper. <laughs> and uh, she, but you know, like as soon as she gets like. It's the easiest thing to forgive her for because right. she's intimidated she's by scared. yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is would. totally
0: fair um, uh, but, but yeah.
2: before we uh before we totally move on from Brock, can I give y'all like a little uh, like very esoteric '80s TV trivia about the guy uh, who's like his his I don't know his roommate in that in that scene like the guy lying oh, in wow. the bed next to him.
1: Whoa! The guy who just got his stomach stapled. The
2: yeah, guy who just got Fred Fred who just eat got his stomach bread. stapled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, played by a guy his name is Dennis Berkeley He's very much like a that guy actor. He's in a bunch of '90s movies like you know, Tin Cup, uh, Rush, uh, Mask in the '80s. He's uh, definitely played he's, like a cop before, right? Yeah, and I think he plays a lot of bikers, especially on, on TV, because you know, he's a burly guy, you know, with the beard, or whatever. Uh, he also voiced, like, uh, the, the principal in King of the Hill. I don't really remember that character, Whoa. but apparently he was in 30-something episodes, so uh, That's big wild. deal there. Okay. But one show he was in, uh, one show he played a biker in in the early 80s was uh, the show Hill Street Blues, which was, like, a, very much kind of a proto-prestige drama of, his, of its day, and he played a character whose name was Sonny Crockett. Uh, now, a writer on Hill Street Blues uh, for those episodes, a guy named Anthony Yurkovich, a few years later, he leaves Hill Street Blues, and he goes on to create Miami Vice, uh, who, and he uses wow. the character's name, Sonny Crockett, for the main character of that show, yeah. uh, Don Johnson's character. So he's like very much like the answer to a trivia question, like, who played the original Sonny Crockett? I mean, different characters, but same name. Wow.
0: Damn. Are you, like, are you going to do a trivia at night just so you can put that question in? I, I might have to, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know anything
2: else about 80s TV except for this one fact, but hopefully that, that'll be enough to kind of get me that's, over.
1: That's crazy. That's like the second most important role he's ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you,
0: okay, random King of the Hill trivia, though, that I feel like we need to just put on the podcast. Um, Johnny and I just learned recently, the guy who voices Joseph Gribble... Is like the stoner guy from Clueless,
1: and the main character from
2: Road Trip, uh, Brecken Meyer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I, I would not have gotten that. Yeah, yeah. I, we had Maybe we were I. like, what?
0: I mean, like, it <laughs> kind of makes sense when you think about how like Joseph talks. Cause mm. He's like, you know,
2: yeah,
1: it's such a weird like. Just imagining how those characters get cast, right? <laughs> is, I like, especially because that guy would have been. Well, maybe he wouldn't have been like already in stuff by then, like King of the oh, Hill. Oh, I guess have been. like
0: not at the beginning, really. Well, he would have been Clueless, but
1: yeah, I mean, it's like who would have thought to cast the guy from Clueless as <laughs> him? <I don't> <laughs>
2: like, what? But yeah. Oh, but also uh, alongside Brittany Murphy, right? Isn't she? She uh, she voices yeah. Luann? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. a little a little Clueless mini reunion there.
0: That's true. I hadn't even like thought about it in that light, but. Um, Yeah, anyway, King of the Hill voices, just always something we'd love to learn more about. Six
1: degrees of separation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, King of the hill Reba crossover is pretty crucial. I mean, they're kind of shows, related shows, sitcoms that are set in Texas. I mean, there's
1: definitely some, like, the themes we talk about in the Reba character, some of them exist in the Peggy Hill character.
0: Yeah, Hmm. no, that's true. I mean, Peggy's, like, the only difference is that Peggy is supposed to be dumb and Reba is supposed to be smart. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think that the big difference is that every, it's in the show Reba, Reba is the only character not being caricatured. Yeah. And in King of the Hill every character is being caricatured. Yeah, that's true. So, like, there's no one who's not being made fun of. Right. Whereas, like, Reba exists in Reba to be like, everybody, isn't everybody in this environment crazy? Except like, me. Yeah, except me. <laughs> So, next category, we're going to move on to, this is the one we're going to touch on the big thing, I think, for me at least, this is what I'm going to bring up. The most incongru- incongruous moment. Just the moment, and this can be big or small, it can be a line or the existence of a prop, it could be whatever weird bottle Kira was Key bottle that she was drinking out of. Uh, <laughs> well, you already
0: you you might have just stolen. it I know. I'm just
1: giving him permission to use it. Uh, or it could be like an entire scene of like why did hmm. any of that happen? Um, but just doesn't seem like it fits, and you makes you wonder like why did this even get written in? Why does was this written in? Um,
0: was it just improvised? Was it yeah? <laughs>
2: was the
1: whole episode improvised? Um,
0: so. But yeah, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah.
2: Uh, it's a scene you guys I think mentioned earlier but the one where uh, Kira is comforting Cheyenne about her like nerves about the baby and she tells this Extended story about the Leonard Lenape <laughs> Indians that ends up to be ends up being like a very cheap Cher joke, uh, based based on like knowledge that you have to have of like Cher's persona in the '70s. I mean, I know I know she's very big at the time, like post Believe uh, at the turn of the century. But like, I don't know if these two teenagers really remember like Cher's Gypsy Tramps and Thieves sort of
0: period, right? Uh,
2: and it's just also just not that funny, and it doesn't really make sense, and they, yes. they kind of yeah. <laughs> because they kind of they kind of move past it pretty quickly. So yeah. that was it's the one. I was like, like, what? Like
0: a little bit. It's mean. It's weird to share, and it's also probably a little racist to be like, yeah, I maybe this like mythology uh, about the Lenape tribe, and like yeah. they had a this woman had a baby all by herself. And...
2: Well, like, she she had she had that hit song in the seventies, "Half Breed," which is about her kind of growing up as a as a as a half Native American, if I remember correctly. So maybe it's a joke based on that, which would make sense if Reba was the one making the joke, but it definitely doesn't make
0: sense as like her <laughs> yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's it's yeah, like such know. a pull of a joke of like yeah who who is this for and <laughs> why is this character saying it and like it's almost funnier it's like sometimes when you hear a joke that's dated
0: mm-hmm.
1: in terms of its like cultural reference it's easier to just laugh at it when it's dated because it's like oh it's funny like you're kind of <laughs> you're like half laughing at it being dated and half sort of thinking maybe I would have thought that was funnier in the, the moment. But in reality, it's like extremely on the nose, you know, cultural, like taking headlines out of, you know, if someone like, if she was like, you know, like who, and she was like, Doja Cat, you know? <laughs> it's like nobody would have laughed at that. It would have been like, why? I might have laughed at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just stole my, my punch up Ariba joke. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, you were gonna talk about well,
1: okay, so the the scene directly after Reba gets home
0: from from Brock. having
1: hit Brock, and she's just high off the adrenaline, and her, and she's like literally like retelling it to uh, Lorianne and Lorianne's hyped for her because she fucking hates Brock and she wanted to hit her, hit him.
2: So Sorry, and, can, can I can I interrupt for yeah. a second just to ask, like, is, is it established why Lorianne hates Brock so much beyond just her being a bad husband to her friend? Is there anything more to it than that?
0: Uh, it's a little bit like Lorianne is, like, embittered, like, multiple-time divorcee. Okay. Like a man-hater, broadly... Written, you know, like Uh sort of her caricature. Yeah. So I think she definitely is like, wow, this guy is a fucking loser, and I can't believe he like left you. You know, he cheated on you, didn't like with his hygienist, and like you know, is then married her, and they're having a baby. You know, like that's just. But she was
2: already supposed to be sort of predisposed to liking men of his sort. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Like I think it's implied that like she's probably always hated Brock.
0: Right, Mm -hmm. like, since they got married. Yeah,
1: and, like, and they're just opposite characters that would always hate each other. You know, like, it's just, like, and it's playing off that idea that I feel like was in sitcoms way more before of just, like, oh, yeah, like, husband hates his wife's best friend like right. that's cat- <laughs> <laughs> that that's that catty bitch you know he's yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, no, uh, probably talking shit about me and like this right. one actually is talking yeah. shit about it like um yeah and
2: yeah very fair
1: and it's also just like a delivery device of like hey like we know the audience thinks brock's a scumbag and we can only go so far having his actual family members call him such, yeah. <laughs> so, like, we'll insert this character to just, like, drive home the point every now and then. But
0: he's, like, the villain, ultimately, of this whole plot. Um,
1: but, so he's, so she's, you know, like, really uh, emboldening and... Reba to, like, all the gory details of how she hit Brock, mm-hmm. and little the little 9-year-old Jake, nine-year-old Jake just is not even 9-year-old w- wanders in and is uh just, just listening and is like mortified and says like you hit dad <laughs> and she's like I thought you I thought you were asleep yeah, and he's, and like, he's like it's five <laughs> I I definitely she, I definitely fought
2: at that one that was a good and, one
1: and then she understandably is is shook like she doesn't know what to say to to save the moment. And so she stalls but then she just says like go to bed. She has a weird brutal line where she just like go to bed. I know it's not dark yet but it will be, which is like very <laughs> foreboding. <laughs> and he goes to bed and it's never addressed again.
0: Right. And, and there's no like there's no payoff for yes. this. I guess the payoff is that she like it suddenly makes her feel, well, that's why she calls Brock. That's because why, she, and she feels bad. she finds he's in the hospital. Right. But it seems like you could have set that up a different well, way. Well, this all
1: comes back to what we've talked about <laughs> since basically episode two, maybe, which is that these two younger kids are raising themselves. <laughs> and that like, for however good of a parent she is to Cheyenne and Van, and keeping life together, like, she has no fucking clue what is going on in, in Jake's life. Jake's like, world.
0: She's like, she just, she like, literally, he like, be in, go to bed. Like, like, I can't deal with you. She thinks he should
1: be in bed, and it's 5.30, and it's like, well, who was going to feed this kid <laughs> yeah. if you don't even know what time it is and you think he should be in bed? And also, like, how fucked up is it that he just, like, it, there's no impl- there's no suggestion that he is ever it's ever explained to him why his mom hit
0: yeah. his dad like he asks and she just kind of like hedges and like doesn't really answer yes or no she
1: literally just says go to bed no but she says
0: like hitting is wrong remember yeah. she has her whole little line where yeah. she's like oh we don't hit people in this family we don't no no hitting no hitting and he's just like what is happening and then she's like go to bed <laughs> she's like getting your pajamas
1: <laughs> and so it's really pretty brutal just in that, I mean, like, and then, and that was also preceding all of this was the first scene when Jake gets home from a soccer game in which he's wearing a jersey that just says his name. It just says, <laughs> it just says yeah. Jake on it. And he, it does, it's on the front, not the back. And, and he, as this little uh, dust-up begins between... Brock and Reba because Brock wants to use his children's uh, crib crib for his new, new child mistress um,
0: mistress's kid
1: and they start to argue. She like is about to say she kind of looks at um, Kira and Jake and Kira just cuts her off and it like does an impression over impression of her and is like Kira Jake like give us some space for a second like in a sarcastic <laughs> and and. Lori Ann says like it's so great that they know when to get lost. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like this is not They're like,
0: literally like addressing the podcast because we talk about this like every episode. We're like how how does this work?
1: But yeah, it is it's just it's so funny that like in terms of just being incongruous, like that I guess at this point it is not incongruous. It is completely on par for par, the course. But it's just, like, it's pretty fucked up. It's like, well, how should we, like, make Reba kind of remember that she should probably shouldn't be hitting her ex-husband? And it's like, well, let's just, like, have, let's just have, like, the eight-year-old get traumatized for a second. And, like, he'll live with that trauma, but, like, she'll sort of sort through her own feelings. And, right. Yeah, yeah.
2: it was pretty bad. She'll, she'll quote some voting Bob Dylan lyrics at him first. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs>
1: So, I don't know. Do we have anything smaller than that scene that would be in the... Do you have anything...
0: Incongruous? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like those... We covered the main stuff. Andrew, that story was weird, and I had forgotten about it until you mentioned... Or not forgotten about it, but it, it like, was at the bottom of my repopile.
1: (laughs) And generally incongruous that Kira is the one to...
0: Right, to... to It would make a lot more sense for Reba to be like, oh, you're going to be fine. Like, I've been through this. I was scared, too. But, you know, it it all worked out.
1: I mean, it it was definitely, like, I feel, like, fairly consciously on the nose of, like, Kira is...
0: More mature than Cheyenne. Well,
1: yes, and, but also they're like, okay, Kira is Reba.
0: Yeah, in most, like, that's true. When
1: Reba's not around, Kira
2: gets to be Reba. But is is most of Kira and Cheyenne's relationship just Kira roasting Cheyenne? Yes, yes. yeah. Okay. It's usually pretty brutal. It's
1: just like it's it's almost always her at the breakfast table doing homework, like listening to them have their crisis, and then sneaking in like a, "Well, if you weren't such a slut, then you know <laughs> you wouldn't be in this situation." <laughs> Mm. And, and then also, I think we already touched on it, but like, the it was very, it could have been the groundwork could have been laid fairly easily to make Van get into the birthing class for a like more normal and sweet reason yeah, instead, instead it just of just cuts like, to him <laughs> like clearly enjoying a birth. like watching birthing videos with, like, huge eyes and a smile on his face.
0: And being like, wow, this is amazing. And it's literally, like, what is suggested is that they're watching, like, the head crown, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, nobody looks at that and is like, this is awesome. I mean, maybe they do and they go to medical school. But, like, Van, there's no real context for why Van would, like, not be like, whoa, that's really intense, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, And Cheyenne is, like, traumatized. That's, like, the initial, like, traumatizing moment for her. And... I
1: mean, this could be, like, the groundwork for Van to want to go to medical school or something like that. Um,
0: That would be a fun twist.
1: And so, okay, next category would be the moment, scene, line, whatever, um, that represents Reba as a feminist icon. Kind of tough, because she kind of lost her shit, this one. Yeah. But, I don't know, I mean... Hitting is hitting a man with a baby. <laughs> feminism? That's some cool like that...
0: symbolism at a minimum. Yeah, you know? yeah that's, that, that, a... that's
2: got that's got to be the moment at the very least. Right. It's definitely like I mean, maybe in more of like an '80s or '90s sort of feminist sense. Like I don't think it's the most progressive of, of, of <laughs> feminist sentiments, yeah. but definitely that's like the like the cheer like the kind of hooting and hollering from the studio audience moment uh, if there is one. Yeah. That's right. That. I yeah, mean,
1: in a vacuum, you know it it seems like some sort of rejecting uh
0: patriarchal yeah
1: like here's your baby i'm gonna hit you in the stomach with it right
0: yeah no that i can i will go with it for the symbolism if not like the actual reality of the of the situation but yeah i mean it's like the arc definitely is like her sort of feeling resentful, you know, of, like, what she's been expected to do and how Brock has, like, taken her for granted, you know, which is mm-hmm. basically, like, literally the feminine mistake. Oh, you, you know, know like, I
1: know what it is, actually. You know hmm. what it is? Is it's her making Van be the mom. Yeah, yeah that's
0: true. That, that was, true. like, the
1: subverting... Uh,
0: He's having a baby, as yeah. the title of the episode tells yeah. us.
1: All right. So, clearly, she's a feminist icon based on doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then... Natalie, do you have a song? Did you I pick... forgot to
0: look. Okay. Andrew, can you think of any Reba songs? Yeah, no, and I, I, I
2: looked, or... I looked up like her singles hey. discography page, but I, I don't, I didn't really come up with anything. I mean, like you know, not like like, like, like does he love you? Kind of works, but it probably works better for other episodes. I, I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't have like a brilliant one for this.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's she all those albums, and she didn't of... make a single one about hitting at someone with a baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she doesn't have a ton about like being a parent. She has a lot like mm-hmm. there are a lot of divorce songs but less like specifically about like giving birth, you know, not that that mm-hmm. many people like have songs about that, but um What's Kathy's Clown about? It's like Not about, not that. <laughs> yeah, it's about like having an affair. Okay. Um but
2: It's, it's also not originally her song, so I don't I don't right, know if that's a disqualifier it. for this.
0: No it's not a disqualifier. All right, all Reba right. recorded it. It, it, <laughs>
2: it is then that's fourth a Reba song.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah.
1: Reba also didn't write every line of the show.
2: <laughs> Damn.
0: I just followed the woman who created Reba on Twitter and she only has like 300 followers so I'm hoping I get that follow back. Like, pretty
2: what, What's her name?
0: Allison M. Gibson.
2: Okay. Did she have any other big hits?
0: Uh, I don't... I would have to look at her IMDb. Okay. Um, I think Reba's probably the biggest. But apparently she went to UT, which I also learned. So she's, mm-hmm. she was in Texas and, like, let's do a Texas thing. And then Reba texts. was born. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So we have a final category. And that is... Uh, it's punching up a Reba joke. So any anything that you think was like oh that joke was good but it could have been better which is a generous interpretation or it could be that joke was fucking horrible and this is what they should have done <laughs> but if you didn't come up with anything like we're always down to just like to just nominate best joke yeah. of the show like it it's well, it can be hard to punch up such a classic <laughs> <laughs> such a
2: <laughs> you know perfectly well, i, I had a i had a had a payoff that never quite came does that count mm. yeah yeah Okay, so yeah, maybe we can punch a- it up. <laughs> All right, there's this entire there's this entire thing throughout about Cheyenne faking like she has to do this this paper, which is actually a test, <laughs> a test paper or whatever uh, that you know she's very obviously not actually doing, uh, and and Van is too kind of naive to to notice that she's just faking to get out of doing going to the class. I think that they should have ended it with van insisting on seeing the test paper, like either, "Oh go, I want to help with it or I want to see what you've been working on or something else equally sweet and naive, and then she has to go and actually write it just to kind of st- to kind of keep up the uh you know the the the, the whatever the charade of the of the lie that she's been perpetuating throughout the episode i think that that would have been and like like you can just kind of see her like roll her eyes and like go upstairs to do it, and that would be the end of that uh, the right. that bit
1: or, or like a, yeah, like some sort of I feel like sitcoms used to have those, like, little parts
2: after the commercial break,
0: which most Mm. summary
1: episodes have, but most most don't.
2: don't. Um, Or maybe something over the credits, like, where you see her working on it while the credits roll.
1: Yeah, or, like, the 8 a.m. first period, the teacher's, like, asking for the paper. (laughs) Or, Or, like, you find out. Like, no, you know what would be good is if, like, the whole implication is that she's lying about it. And, of course, like, we see her not actually working on it. She's, like, talking to her friend on the phone instead of, you know, going to the class or working on a test paper. But, like, what would be (laughs) funny is if then, like, the end of the episode, after everything's, like, as resolved as it was, is, like, she's at school and she wasn't working on anything, but then the teacher is actually, like... In your test like, Turn papers. in your test papers, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I never actually did my test
2: paper." That, that'd be a little—that's a little next level, maybe for a for a show like Reva. But who, who knows? I don't know.
1: We'll see. I think they could have pulled it off. I think so too.
0: I also that's good punching
2: like up in any event.
0: Yeah. The the easy way out would have just been like for Van to be like, "Oh, what's your test paper about?" And she just has some line about like that's vaguely about like, how birth sucks no,
1: or something. Oh, or... You know what it could have been is, like, end of episode, like, so what's your paper about? And like, can you, like, yeah, sum it up for me? And she just, like, retells Kira's story about Cher. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then, that's good, like, too. it was, like, that character, and <laughs> like, and who was it? And she's, like, Cher. And Van's, like, whoa. <laughs> oh, man.
0: That's very good. for the for the Reba writers' room. Yeah. The, Reaper writer room. Right. There's some way to make that one work, but I, I can't think We'll later. punch that up too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you I think we've mostly covered it. I mean you add in the Doja Cat reference <laughs> and I think that we've got pretty much a sharp, flawless episode.
0: Yeah. I mean this one was like Andrew, you got lucky. Like this one I think held together in spite of the weird share story and the <laughs> Duke sort of getting traumatized moment. Like it had it had a lot more good jokes. I also, I wanted to shout out the, like, van service expansion jokes. Like, oh, when he was, yeah. like, looking through the hole, and he's like, Mom, he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed at that. It was also, also, Van had his own joke. Remember, he said that thing, and he was like, that's a joke. You know, like, Reba was like, what did you do...
1: Oh. they're in the
0: kitchen and he's it was really just, oh
1: yeah he was like it was like a rehearsed joke yeah it was yeah. like what's uh what's the after he's like go ahead and ask oh, yeah. me ask what's me the, what afterbirth? the afterbirth
0: and and she's like what's the afterbirth and he's like that's when I hand out all the cigars to my friends in the waiting room or whatever and that's like supposed to be like him making fun of Rock, I guess, or something. I don't know.
1: No, it's just like literally supposed to be like I've rehearsed jokes. Yeah, like I've got I like so. this whole thing is so fun that I even have like a little keep it light moment, you know. And then like, <laughs> and then he's the like,
0: that's, that's a joke, and then he just explains what after yeah, is. <laughs> and like the
1: reason the actual joke works is because like he like had this sort of like wholesome joke, and then like what Afterbirth is is like gross, disgusting to Kira who's eating her breakfast. Right.
0: Yeah know i was just like it was just you never really see van like as having even the foresight to like make a joke well to you not know? be the butt of the exactly joke. like yeah he always is the joke he's not like making a joke you know that's usually reserved for other people and it's funny that once he actually made a joke like he had to say like that was a joke
1: <laughs> <laughs> with like extreme
0: pride yeah um but yeah that was all just some more van van notes yeah um andrew any other moments of this episode that you felt like we needed to touch on uh
2: i, I did like 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 the i think the, the the most kind of classic sitcom moment of the episode is when she uh when, when reba shows up to the the, uh, the mommy class and runs into Barbara jean and they both give it give each other the uh, what are you doing here like <laughs> That, 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 it, I mean, like it, it's so rare that you see one of those moments in the wild in a sitcom, but it, it's become such a cliche in, in the years since that. Like, it, I, I felt honored <laughs> to, have, to have witnessed that one.
1: And also, uh, Barbara Jean's like sweat outfit, yeah, is never mm-hmm. not insane. That's true. Uh, it was like a extremely oversized sweater, yeah, that said "mom" in like <laughs> eleven different colors.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was a lot. I realized, Andrew, we forgot to ask you about any, like, basketball-related Reba takes, besides the J.R. Oh. Smith Award. Or, what would, an exa- would be an example of a, of a basketball-related yeah. where, where uh, Reba take? With, like, what we did last time with That's Bobby. True. Well, okay, so
1: what—I mean, you, you're a lifelong Sixers fan, right?
2: Mm, uh, not lifelong, but the last, like, 15 years, Uh, So more you, were, you didn't
1: watch Lakers-Sixers-01?
2: No, I mean I've since gone back and watched some games, but no, okay. I was not like I did not care at the time.
1: The you know like a big, a big you know point of relevance would be like season one was going on when the <laughs> Sixers the last time the Sixers were in the finals. that's true wow. uh, that's, that's, that is a whoa. fair point. But I think this so, this
2: episode this episode would have been like the sort of semi disastrous season after that where I think they yeah, maybe got maybe you got like Derek Coleman or Keith Van Horn like, like any one of these like <laughs> half dozen. Former yeah. top draft pick sidekicks for Allen Iverson, none of which ended up panning out. Uh, I mean, and...
1: My question was going to be: so, like, let's say it doesn't have to be that year, uh-huh. but that six-year era-ish of uh, Sixers teams. Which player do you think was most likely to be watching season five, oh, like, like while it was on coming out?
2: I mean, oh man, the, the I, I, answer
1: is just Iverson, right? Yeah, I,
2: I, Iverson was definitely like a man <laughs> of the world. Like he, 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 I could, I could definitely see him like asking them to turn it on at the T.J.I. Fridays on City Line <laughs> Avenue, like, hey, like it's, it's New Reba Night. Uh, but aside from him, I don't really hmm. know the personalities of the players well enough. Maybe, I mean, uh, Rajah Bell was on that team. Maybe Roger he Bell, uh, I could not see. You know, well, you know, he, he was. I don't know. He was. He's a. He's a culture man. I got him. Maybe maybe that makes him. I don't know if that makes him more or less likely to be watching Viva. But uh,
1: I, mean, I don't know. Like, do,
2: do you do you have a theory about that? I mean, maybe Matumbo. Mm, he just
1: seems like someone who would like wholesome content.
2: That's fair. Yeah. And family he, friendly Larry content certainly. A, yeah. uh,
1: a wild card. Uh, mm. Jerry Stackhouse. Maybe okay. Well, I think those those guys are both gone from the Sixers by that point. That's but, true. Uh, I mean, those are late '90s Sixers, yeah. Yeah, but um, but, but
2: certainly, uh, I don't know. Maybe one of their like kind of stiff centers. You know, they they, they they seem to probably like sort of simple comedy, like uh, a <laughs> Matt Geiger, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they can't, a, really, can't really handle the strong stuff. Maybe you can handle Reba. They had uh, Tom
1: McCullough, like the Shack Stopper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah, t- that yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, but, I, think, and, I don't. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. He was a oh one Wait, Sixer, Tyree Tyrone Hill? Hill. I mean not Tyreek Hill. Tyrone, Tyrone Hill. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tyreek Hill, yeah. no, definitely doesn't watch Reba. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not allowed He to hasn't watch Reba. learned any like wholesome uh lessons from watching Reba. Um
1: So and then while while we have you um like feelings, expectations for the Sixers this right year. Right
2: now. Right now. Okay. Well, I uh, you, you, you guess you've caught me in sort of an optimistic moment. They've won <laughs> five games in a row, and they're, they have like a very, very like like air supply soft kind of uh, schedule for the rest of the month. <laughs> like, and uh, you know, Embiid's playing at an MVP level again. Uh, you know, they, they sort of had their worst bout with COVID already. That you know, they still have you know two or three guys out at any given point in time because that's just the way of the world right now. But uh, other teams are going through it worse than they are, so they're they're sort of going to pile up wins this month. I saw today on 538, they're projected for 50 wins this season, which would be kind of extraordinary given everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, yeah, long-term, who knows? It still depends on the Ben Simmons trade, which may or may not happen this actual season. Uh, I mean, last time I talked to you, I came away thinking
1: that your Ben Simmons trade hopefuls were fairly delusional. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you now in where that's going to happen? Do you – well – I will say that at, this
2: year. Uh, do I? Th- like before the deadline. I'd say it's 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 probably fifty fifty for the season. I might be leaning like fifty five forty five this year. I would say if I'm delusional, I'm not still as delusional as Daryl Morey is, and he's the one who's actually <laughs> making that the trades. There. And I guess he's sort I, of
1: setting the standard for. He the is.
2: Uh, and and so I, I think it's either a del- this year it's either a delusional trade actually happens or it just doesn't at all. Right. So I, I think I'm still okay being at least partly delusional. I mean, like again, but like it depends who's who you're talking to. Some people think that Damian Lillard is still a realistic trade target. That's probably not actually the case. But yeah. does that make Darius Garland an unrealistic uh, trade target? I, I, I don't know. I, I believe it does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe. I believe two uh, things can be. <laughs>
1: Things can't be delusional, yes. Would you be, would you be thrilled, sign off on it right
2: now, if you could get Miles Turner for him? No, no, I, I don't know what Miles Turner plus Embiid really gets you. I uh, guess that's true. I or mean, or, but, or like, Sabonis. They're trying like, to
1: do Miles Turner and bonus so it's like, I mean, it's not working, so I – but <laughs> what no, about
2: – But the Pacers have, like, plenty of guys that always – like, like, like when, when we're playing against them, I think that they're the reincarnations of Michael Jordan, like, uh, you know, <laughs> Karis LeVert and, and yeah. TJ Warren. I think TJ Warren had, like, a 50-point game against the Sixers in the bubble. Uh, so I bet he hasn't really played in two years. Uh, but, like, guys like that are, are much more appealing to me than, uh, than Miles Turner or Borsa Sabonis.
1: What if I promised you we could just – we'd give you
2: Kristaps – Kristaps – yeah. I'd rather not for I mean a number of It's sort of reasons. one of
1: the most like grim trades because like both fan bases would be like fuck yeah.
2: this. Well it's it's the same thing as the Simmons for Kyrie trade, which which I think actually would make both teams better, but no neither team wants to do it. Well, yeah. Uh yeah. And and like there's there's a bunch of trades like that where it's like if you just kinda took the players off the teams and gave them to one another, it would actually probably be a good thing, but for all sorts of you know, uh, superfluous reasons, uh, some of which are, are weightier than others. Uh, it's just not ever going to actually happen, and, and that's one of them. Uh, but, but speaking of the Mavericks, I do have to ask uh, you guys: what, 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 how, how did you feel about the the Dirk retirement last night? I didn't get to see it, but uh, I, I know y'all are really mean, looking forward to it.
1: There was like no world where I didn't enjoy every second sure. of it. <laughs> I don't think I like it was long enough to where I didn't cry at any one moment you know okay. like if they had if they had taken like the four moments that had the biggest emotional impact on me put and them put them in the same delivery. moment I probably right. would have cried but I held it together I mean I definitely like this was an in the moment feeling this isn't like a retroactive like get on board with the internet sort of take but it, like <laughs> I, I think it's very clear that the the statue needs to be touched up. <laughs> that, mm. that is, it is rough uh, it just
0: looks like he's being hit in the head with a rock <laughs>
1: like, it looks worse than that I think because it's have you seen the statue Andrew I haven't no now so no, I have to look it up it's this thing yeah, I'll, like, I'll try to look it up
2: while while we're talking here
1: it's, it's instead of one ball it's like three balls meant to like show the arc of the ball kind of connected by all connected and like it's fucked up like I don't want to be the one to say it on a recording but like it looks like it's supposed to be. It looks like anal beads. Like, Yikes. Yeah. my God! <laughs> and it's like. Well, maybe gonna, that's yeah. by request. Maybe that's what Dirk's into. I mean, we don't it's, know. It's, oh, you're gonna put that God. outside of the fucking American <laughs> Airlines. Like, and also, and it's like, it, that's like one of those like big picture decisions. That's like, okay, you don't have to do it this way. Like, I get right. that you're trying to do it like different. Of like, oh, we don't want it to be the same as any other one, but it that one you can fix and then there's just the basic like this one i have less problems with because it seems to plague so many statues that it's obviously just hard to make statues but like (laughs) he looks like a fucking lunatic i
0: mean
1: he he looks so bad i mean
0: he also like looked at it and he was kind of like Hmm, okay. Yeah,
2: <laughs> like, it, yeah man, I, I'm like, looking at this now, and uh, I would definitely have some notes if I were on the design also, team for this.
1: I feel like you'll appreciate this. I think it was funny because like Dirk, he talked forever, and mm-hmm. you know when he came to the league, he couldn't speak, he could barely speak English, and he was also shy. Even when he started to get better, so like, did, really, well, did he
2: did he hit the crowd with a take that with you? no he did not do that
1: but he definitely did a like I'm flexing about how I'm a good public speaker now (laughs) let me go on and on and like everyone loves me so this is my moment but I feel like you'll appreciate that there was this moment where like especially like talking about Reba and punching up jokes he was he, he was on he's like speaking in the middle of the court and like the nearest people like the people who he'd been interacting with are a good 25 feet away from him Mm -hmm. and the crowd is all there, but they're a a crowd of 20,000 people. So, like, a small joke is not going to have, like, sitcom laugh track bang. And he he looks at the statue after he gets the microphone and goes, it obviously was a mock-up, you know, like, the size of a trophy. And he was like, I thought it was going to be a little bit bigger, but looks pretty pretty (laughs) big. And, like, it good one. sounded like crickets. Yeah, <laughs> it, sounded like he, it sounded like he was like, "All right, well, it's already rough start for the <laughs> yeah. thirty-minute speech I'm it's about true. to give."
2: But so did, did they have like a home run like intro or like like a, a, a really like a like a, a touching oh, guest like like Jed yeah, or no, no, They, they had a Lyle good like
0: little. They montage did like video
1: seventeen of minutes worth
2: of, of, of like montage yeah. and. Uh, no, but it, was had, was there another person there to kind of like intro him? Like, yeah,
1: well, yeah. Jason I mean, Kid and Cuban did, yeah. and uh, and the okay. whole 2011, not the whole, but like a bunch of 2011 team was there, sort of gotcha. like sitting, like seated right there. So it was, it was all done very well.
0: Uh, Andrew, guess what song they played? As like <laughs> dirt, at like the confetti falls, the jersey rises, and guess what song starts playing?
2: Uh, all I do is win. <laughs> no. Uh, deep in the Heart of Texas.
0: No. Uh, Good riddance by Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> still got it.
2: 25 years later, still the, the cliched end I mean, montage song. How about like- that?
0: what the title didn't give you any pause you know? like, i don't know do you really want to play a song called good riddance oh, but how many pe- who, like,
2: what percentage of the people in that stadium do you think know that the name of that song is good None, riddance? Like, but 10? it doesn't
0: matter it's the symbolism also it's so corny like,
2: yeah I, I am surprised by that but by yeah. the way a sh- shout out to espn like i i i Assume that, this, that, the, that the retirement ceremony would be at halftime of the... I, I taped it mm. because I was watching the Sixers and then, and then I went to eat dinner. I assumed it would be at halftime of the game. Uh, obviously it wasn't. So it was, okay, was going to be after the game. Uh, and they, they, they end the, the broadcast. You know, they interview Doncic for the, for the post game, And then they say, uh, you know, stay tuned for the uh, Dirk Nowitzki retirement ceremony airing on the ESPN app. Like, are, you, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, 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 that doesn't get the main channel. Like, the, the, the I mean, why else are people watching this? I mean, it, it's a good game, but, like, I, I don't people care about watching the right. ceremony? Why are they cutting it's, away from that? It's January, so
1: insane. Like, this is what people want to watch is, like, this one moment that never happens as opposed to yeah. whoever the fuck is playing afterwards. Yeah, the, the, the Jazz
2: Nuggets really packing them in after that. Yeah. You know, it's appointment television, but I, I really wish they'd shown a little bit of the, the Dirk Ceremony. Yeah. yeah. Well, you didn't
0: get to hear the Dallas Symphony Orchestra playing good so oh, yes, that's, that's your That's boss. a miss.
1: And hopefully during the uh, the Darius Garland <laughs> Jersey retirement in Philadelphia <laughs> in about hey, 20 years uh, Could happen. You'll get to experience the same thing. <laughs>
2: People will still to be that. playing yeah.
0: good riddance for performative, like emotional mm-hmm. goodbyes. Yeah, um, I'll tape the
2: game on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and then they'll they'll they'll, they'll cut to like yeah. NBA <laughs> basketball outsiders instead of uh, yeah. instead of showing the <laughs> ceremony.
0: Uh, all right, Andrew, we've already kept you like way longer than we probably should have, but um, thank you so much for joining the pod and for participating in the first Reba Watchables fantasy league. Um, oh yeah, I guess that's we right. Should note that we are sitting. Uh, well, I'm sitting. You're sort of metaphorically sitting with the <laughs> winner of the Reba Watchables. Yeah. Debut oh, con- fantasy.
2: Congratulations, Johnny. <laughs> well, well, well you. done. You, did you did you take down Killer in the finals or was that the semis? I,
1: I took that was him the, out semis. In the semis and took out okay. Katie Barnes in the finals. Wow. It was you know it was a climb from the. From the, the gutter to the ceiling, basically. <laughs> to the stars. Yes. Straight
0: out the mud. That's yeah. what Johnny's always saying. I, you know, drafted, team.
1: drafted Christian McCaffrey first overall and Darren Waller with my second pick, and neither were available in the championship game. Oh, but I you. believed in the guys that I did have.
2: <laughs> you know, next, next man like, up, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out to my six and nine team. I, I somehow... You know, paste it together. Six of the most garbage wins in fantasy history. Like my team had the had the. I lo- saw. I was looking at it today. Like I had the lowest points scored of any team in the league. I probably should have been like one and fourteen, but like I, I got. Insanely lucky on six of those matches. Probably cost someone a playoff spot. And including, didn't I, didn't I beat you one week, Johnny? Didn't didn't uh, did we? I, th- I think I did. I was probably one of the few losses on your schedule. So I'll, I'll take that. It's, it's like the uh, the expansion Raptors beating the '96 Bulls. I'll take right.
1: that Like you get a little, you get like a little banner that says <laughs> beat champion.
2: Look, man, I will take it. I'll, I will hang that proudly in, in my uh, Upper pop. East Side Raptors. Yeah. Oh, All
1: right. Uh, well, we will have you on season two at oh. some point. Hope so. Um, we'll find a, we'll find a, like, we've been, it, to be totally honest with the listeners, we've been selecting guests arbitrarily compared to, like, the epi- like, we haven't tied them to the actual episode. Yeah. We should, like, we should be getting, like, football <laughs> experts on the football episodes and having Andrew on for music. Like, we'll have you on for, you know, uh, like, I don't know, if Kira tries to, like, chart, the there was <laughs> an episode where she was wearing the tuba yeah. so
0: that was a fun a fun little twist.
2: Um, Kira, Kira tries to summon her fan army to buy all of her singles at once <laughs> and so, uh... That, that, if, if there is that episode, then I am going to have to insist that you have me on for that. But otherwise, I'll, I'll, I will happily join for whatever episode makes sense. What they call an emergency pod. In the, <laughs> yes, in the,
1: in the lingo of people who have podcast names like our podcast name. Uh,
0: <laughs> yes, Patreon-only Cura spinoff episode. Just Cura fan fiction, really. Um, Andrew, where can the people find you and your work?
2: Oh, uh, well... Uh, they can find me on Twitter at augetoffmygold, or uh, or they, or, uh, they can uh, I guess see not I guess you can kind of just click around on billboard.com and maybe you'll see something that I edited or you can uh, uh, check me on the uh, Wright Ricky Sanchez podcast blog. It's one of the one of the mm-hmm. few podcast blogs of note uh, in, in, in the internet. <laughs> uh, but uh, my my particular column is called If Not Pickle Convey as two second rounders. <laughs> with storied phrase makes in Sixers no
1: lore. sense to someone who's not a Sixers fan, and makes so much sense to someone who is. There you go.
2: That's yeah. that, 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 that's, that's the sweet spot. So
0: we've had two diehard Sixers people on back to back, right? Yeah. Not back to back. Oh, I guess cool. with a Mavs person in between. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah, Bobby. <laughs> Just basketball heads from yeah. top to bottom. This is just well, maybe, the... maybe
2: this reflects the demographics. There's an unusually high contingent of Sixer fans that uh, are also <laughs> first-season Reba devotees.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's true. We, we might be able to dig up another one. Who knows? Um, but yes, thank you for being on the pod, and I will see you soon on Gchat, and we will talk to you soon in life when you come to Dallas to yeah, see no. the Sixers play the Mavs.
2: <laughs> Sounds good. Talk to you all soon.
0: All right. Thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time. See ya.